The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show. My name is Jeremy Wiseman, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. I am joined by Vice President of Sales, Darren Long. We're going to be covering a lot of topics today, Darren. We'll do some summary of what we've been seeing in the market. Um, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the election coming up. And then we can move into other subtle things like inflation, real estate, and a couple updates on the Argyle mine. Let's get right into it with a quick summary of what we're seeing in the market. And also, um, I've got some interesting stuff going on with uh, what we're seeing for projections in the market. But let's start with what you're seeing as the week that was. Well, here we are in the week that was. And of course, we had the vice president... Uh, debate, the vice presidential debate, the fly, the incident, the whole thing the world's talking about. Ford's just announced as we tape here on Friday that there is going to be a stage two setting for COVID. There is a lot happening, a lot to unpack, Jeremy. So yeah. we'll get right to it as it relates to gold and silver. On the day today, we're seeing gold rally about 2%. Now, this comes on the heels of what we anticipate was an overnight weakness in the U.S. dollar amongst most currencies around the world, in particular the uh, Chinese yuan. There is some sentiment, and it is starting to grow. Again, I don't want to play favorites one side of the fence or the other. I know listeners to this great station typically uh, trend more so towards conservative, but it does appear as though Biden is gaining some steam. We're going to talk about that and its impact potentially on metals and why we're preparing for it and why it's an important context uh, to pricing and also about what it means in terms of inflation should Biden be elected and how gold and silver respond uh, to uh, inflation. Silver up 39% on the year or $1.10 on the day, just broke the $25 level. Who knows where it'll close today if you're listening to this show on Saturday and it's above 25 on close in U.S. dollars. You'll have seen what we did uh, see today and it's wonderful. Also gold up 26.5% or about $30 on the day, 26.5% would be on the year. So, Darren, what would you say to someone who was looking for a buying opportunity? And I say that because, for example, in silver, we were trading what we got above $30 an ounce. Uh, we talked about this pullback that we experienced and this consolidation. You know, you see the price of silver get down to about 23 How low is low? What would be a good entry point um, for you, let's say, if, okay, you saw it up at 30 You'd seen a low this year in the market of around twelve dollars. It's a big spread. Where where is the entry point? Where is the the best opportunity? Well, if we take for uh, if we take for certain that we can all agree that this is another phase of a new bull market, part of the larger bull market that we witnessed from O two to two thousand eleven, then I would say where we enter is certainly dependent on what at the moment prices are doing. And as you just said, the price of silver rallied all the way to about a thirty dollar high this year already, with a pullback there, and we saw that pull back take us down to the low 22s and that was what we called last week's show 
filling the gap. And of course, that would have been the most ideal buying opportunity if you're new to the market, if this is ideally something that you're just starting to do. But we are, in my opinion, closer to the bottom of this next phase than we are near the middle or top. So I would say that from an averaging perspective, this is a fine time to still be adding to your accounts. And also, I want to make clear, one of the better reasons to enter now is that just two months ago, Jeremy, the spread difference upon what I pay for a bar versus what the paper price is was much higher. In fact, as high as $7 an ounce at its peak, now down to $3 and change in a very reasonable area. Yeah, I totally agree. And I've noticed that myself that even though prices are higher, it looks like the wholesalers have worked off some of their, um, have been able to gain some inventory and been able to bring some of those um, premiums down mm -hmm. on the wholesale side. But uh, you were talking about short-term pricing and um, E.B. Tucker and Chris Vermillion uh, would both agree with the things that you said, Darren. Um, in an interview with Stansbury Research, E.B. Tucker, who uh, wrote the book uh, Why Gold, Why Now, which is a, a recent book, um, and this interview, by the way, got over 100,000 views only within the last week. And he's he called before the $1,900 price on gold that we saw, but he's calling for $2,500 gold by the end of the year, which if you put the ratio, gold-silver ratio, in and around 70 to 1, which, you know, if both markets are moving, you want to see that come down, but it's a pretty reasonable ratio there. That puts silver in around $35 an ounce. Now, equally... Chris Vermillion of Technical Traders is seeing something very similar. He was saying we are in a new trading range, as you were talking about, between 23 and 30, that that's the new sort of consolidation period, and that to see moves within that, that range are normal. So before when we were seeing the market move between, let's say, 16 and 18 and a half dollars, now you're seeing a $6 swing instead of a $2.5 swing. So that should be expected. And he's looking for silver to an upside of silver between $34 and $36 an ounce by the end of the year as well. Now, he's basing it on uncertainty, the election, yep. and money printing. So let's turn our attention to the election and see what that could potentially have as an outcome for the market. The number 18778 silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. So Darren, there is uncertainty going into an election very shortly. It's a few weeks away. What is the outcome that the metals could experience because of that? Well, let's look at three outcomes. The possibility of a split government outcome, all right? Both administrations are likely to push through fairly large scale uh, a fiscal deal in no time flat that would help to de-bottleneck the, the real rate suppression, and that will lift precious metals no matter what. I tend to think that Trump is going to be more pro-dollar strength and be more concerned with the U.S. dollar staying strong, albeit I think long-term Trump does let the dollar slide because he knows how valuable that is to the economy. He just doesn't want to be left with the uh, lasting uh, 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 impression that he gave up on the U.S. dollar. Biden, on the other hand, I believe as part two of this option, uh, would be spending on steroids. I mean, if you can already see how much spending is happening. And this week in the Congress, there was uh, bantering about back and forth. They couldn't get a fiscal package through. They're trying to support the airlines right now. It's a heavy topic in the U.S. Uh, Senate, and they're debating it heavily. And uh, so Trump proposes a small skinny package, he calls it, to support the airline. We'll see what happens into next week. But if Biden gets in, I believe he'll have less concern about dollar weakness 
he will allow it to slide, and that is very pro-gold, and gold pro means silver is going to be on steroids, and we know that outcome already. Both are, are very favorable outcomes for, for, for gold and silver. Very different to what the outcomes would have been back with Obama and Bush. Uh, uniquely different platforms and approaches to fiscal uh, conservatism. And so, again, we look at this as the uh, optimism that's being built around the possibility of stimulus and what form it can take. Biden, on one hand, very extreme, very much is going to be the bleeding heart president who sends money to the people, a la Trudeau liberal style in the $380 billion now we'll talk about later could be as high as 500 billion in spending or you have Trump who's still going to spend he's forced to he cannot uh, deny the market that money but certainly is pro dollar very hard on China very hard on international relations he's going to keep that dollar as strong as he can as it slides down the scale mark my words though both have detrimental impact to the US dollar doesn't matter what president gets in there and both have the outcome of inflation so what i'm hearing Darren is that no matter what, there's going to be some sort of spending package coming coming our way yep. or their way in the States uh, to the tune of trillion-plus dollars. Yep. Uh, that uh, the Fed will continue on its spending binge to do whatever they can to keep interest rates low and keep propping up the stock market. So I guess either candidate would want the stock market to continue to do well, which means print more money. Yep. Right. Um, and uh, I guess the only difference is, would be on taxes, which is just a direct – uh, you know, direct taxing of people versus doing it through inflation. Mm -hmm. But uh, either way, you're looking at stimulus packages, money being spent from the government, trying to prop up the stock market. I guess the only other difference would be where that money spending is invested at the end of the day. Is it just given away? Is it invested? We don't know. But either way, you're printing a whole lot of money that's coming out of nowhere which is going to be very, very positive for gold. And in fact, I think, you know, if you're talking about some of the people we've been discussing who are projecting for precious metals to move much, much higher, um, you know, I was talking about Chris Vermillion, and he was saying that long-term, he thinks silver could go to $80 even as soon as next year. Mm -hmm. But he was talking about the fact that you're not going to like what you see in the economy when silver's at $80. We always talked about it, right? Interestingly, again, we were just talking about E.B. Tucker. He said in his interview, he was saying that doesn't worry him. He's not worried at all because you've taken advantage. You've, you've created opportunity for yourself and you're okay. And that's, that's the key. Um, I mean, look at the end of the day, it's, it's family first, right? Yes. Of course you want your communities to be doing well. And we all want, the, the best for everyone, but we do have to take care of ourselves and our family first. And that means making making correct um, decisions for yourself. Sure. And in this case, many people are turning to precious metals because it's not an investment, it's an asset. And they're looking for ways to get rid of that counterparty risk. And that's where precious metals hold a big, big play. Well, let's keep things in context as we move into the second segment, uh, Jeremy, because I want to touch base on uh, some common questions and feedback we get about, in particular, of all things, the radio ads that we put on about the show and about Guildhall. Uh, some very, very pointed feedback this week that I think is imperative to discuss, and it uh, helps to contextualize where we are. 
And so when we come back, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, the U.S. dollar and the Chinese yuan. We have more on inflation. We're talking real estate, the Canadian market, and you've brought with you a few articles and some YouTube information, so I'd like to get into that as well. You are tuned into The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver or guildhallwealth.com, the website, to get your free information package on how to own physical gold, silver, natural, fancy-colored diamonds. Put them into your registered accounts like TFSAs, your RSPs. If you're planning for the kids, now's a great time. RESPs. We'll talk about that much, much more when we come back. You are tuned in via Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thanks for staying tuned. You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, a lot happening this week, and we touched on it in the first segment, but this is an interesting Friday because as we're taping the show here on Friday, the uh, both gold and silver prices in U.S. dollars have started to rally hard, and silver surpassing 25 an ounce, and gold getting back up to 1930, a couple of very crucial, um, in fact, resistance levels were, were just taken right out in the silver market gold at 1930 is a big one and if we get through there with a couple of closes in each metal then i certainly think that next week will hold true that the both of them go much higher so we like to get people into this market if you're thinking on the fence close to making the decision uh, or if you're a step away from getting a registered account open now's the time this is the practical moment to get it done yeah and that was uh done based on the weakness in the dollar and it's interesting Absolutely. i just saw an article a headline of what would happen to gold if the dollar broke below 70 on the on the index and boom there we are like literally the next day or two and uh, this is this is the result so um, we always knew that anything can trigger the market in precious metals that uh, the consolidation just is a part of nature and it just continues to consolidate these higher levels I call them base camps I think we're at base camp two in this market mm -hmm. and um, you know what what pushes us to the next level is going to be the next question so in the last segment we were talking about the election being one of those things mostly because of whatever happens in um, in November you know despite whatever could happen in terms of violence in in the country or, or that type of outbreak but you have the stimulus packages at some point there's going to be some sort of major stimulus package brought forth uh, this is beyond already all of the money that's been created so far and that this is going to wreak havoc down the road. Sure, at the moment it doesn't seem to do much or it, it affect the dollar in, in any adverse way, but down the road it does. And that's why it's so easy for analysts in this market to show that gold could easily go to 2500 by the end of the year. Silver could go to 35 Silver could be at $80 at some point next year, which means, you know, for analysts out there looking for $7,000 gold over the next few years, it's not, a, it's not a hard target. Well, let's continue on the theme of contextualizing all this information because I think there's a lot of things that in the last six, seven months have floated around the concept of miscommunication. 
and we see it in politics. We see it uh, the the presidential debates and the VP uh, debates this week, and a lot of not knowing what's true, not. We see it in COVID, all the things we've discussed, and the miscommunication is is more rampant than ever. So it's important to have real hard facts, real hard data that we're using to make decisions and. One particular interesting call we get on a fairly regular basis will be somebody commenting on the show or on our radio ads, the 30-second ads that we run all week on the same radio station that you're listening to right now, AM640. And these ads sometimes get changed as we freshen up the ideas and the approach we take to talk to people. But for one particular ad we've left running over the last six, seven months, it's a short 30-second uh, ad which discusses the volatility and uncertainty in the stock market and how gold and silver can help with that. And this week we got a caller in, Jeremy, saying that he was kind of uh, upset so to speak, about the fact that we would leave this ad running and, and try to mislead the public about how stock markets really are. And he said, in fact, that this has been a fantastic year for stock markets and that, sure. in fact, there has been tremendous amounts of money made in the stock markets. And, and I disagree with him. You know, and I said, yeah, it depends where you are. The NASDAQ being a perfect example of one stock market in the entire world that has done very well. That's where all the tech stocks of the U.S. are, and that particular arena is up 28% overall, the indice itself. Mm -hmm. I then asked him a simple question. Are you monitoring the TSX here in Canada? He said, well, yeah, it's up in Positiveville. And I said, no, it's not. It's down 3% on the year, and that's as of today. I said, how about the Dow, the largest stock market in the U.S.? Uh, well, uh, I have been wondering that. That's in the positive. I said, yes, it's 0.89% positive. And I said, that's year to date. So that means that if you were in it to begin with and you only had the indice, on average, you're up less than a percent. In the TSX, you're down 3%. So before we went to record today, in fact, I looked at the TSX. It's down 3%. Well, I'll, I'll take that, uh, that argument, Darren, and I'll raise you one other thing. Talking about Chris Vermillion and his calls on the precious metals, but he is a technical trader, okay? The CME has adjusted their breaker switch from 5% to 7%. Ah. Why? Because the market is more volatile today. Right. They do not want it to be breaking all the time at 5%, so they're trying to give the market a lot more leeway. Freedom, leeway. Right? Sure. So it is very clear that we are in much more volatile territory. Um, and he was even talking about the VIX, the volatil volatility index, is, is actually not as much of an indicator as it used to be because there is so much more volatility but in the market. there's something that's made a ton of money for people, right, who invested in the idea that there's going to be more volatility. We're not sitting here talking about millions of dollars by average people being made every day because stocks are going through the roof. We're not having a marijuana boom here anymore. We're not talking about cryptos anymore. What happened to those? They're gone. Right, yeah. they're not other thing that exists. The technology is great, but the concept is gone. The 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 fever the, that pushed the markets into driving Bitcoin to twenty thousand plus, it's all but gone. It's leveled yeah. off. It moves up a few thousand, down a few thousand, up a few thousand, down a few thousand. Right. It's not to suggest that the future of these things is not great. It's just. Put them into context. Put them where they should be. We don't sit on this show and talk about the fact that silver, like you mentioned in the first segment, had a low this year of 12 and then contextually make the argument silver's up since the low point of the year some 85%. We could easily do that. It would be misleading. 
Right. So it, when you contextualize this and put it into its proper place, it shares a relationship with all investments as a full package. All we're saying is that you should do your own due diligence and take a look at the idea of diversification. Gold and silver are the way to do it. And, you know, we do a lot of transfers from existing accounts, especially in the registered accounts. And, you know, people are moving away from from their portfolio or they have a, you know, maybe they have a portion of their RSP that they want to move over or let's say they have a Lira uh, or a locked-in account maybe from a former employer. Uh, but one thing we do see often is people who have been with a particular advisor for several years and they just don't see the gains, right? So just like, uh, you know, the person you were speaking with today making comments about the lack of volatility in the market is a lot of clients who are looking at precious metals are looking at their mutual funds holdings and their advisor holdings and they're saying if everything is so good how come i'm not seeing those gains and where's my slice in, of the pie in in the market mm -hmm. right if it's so easy that you can throw a dart at a stock and make money then where is those where are those gains for me while i'm paying out these management fees right and so yeah. that gives them that gives them pause um, a lot of other people just want out of the market. They just want, they do not want the risk associated with the market, given that the, the, you know, the stock market's been on a roll for what, the better part of 13 years, mm -hmm. I think. So, I mean, how, how, how long does it go? I mean, I guess if you're just going to keep printing money, it goes until people don't trust the money. Well, let's take it a step further. If you do trust gold and silver and the notion of holding physical is for you, and you're listening to this show because you like that idea, but you haven't invested yet, then consider this from contextual standpoint. Gold and silver are both averaging 11% per year. Now, I'm, I could contextualize that in one or two or five or 10. That's 15 years. 15 years, they're averaging 11% in Canadian dollars. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were a new investor, Jeremy, and I asked you a simple question, um, I do believe your first investments in gold and silver were 2005, like mine. Yep. So I would ask you a simple question. How many years since 2005 do you think gold has gone down in value in Canadian dollars? If you it had went to guess. down once. 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 One 2013. single year it went down. Yeah. And it's never, ever had a down year in Canadian dollars ever since. So it doesn't matter where I jumped onto the bandwagon. Yeah. I might have jumped onto it a little higher. That's at some right. Point. That's right. Even if you bought it at a higher price and it went down the next day, you know, of course, markets go up and down all the time. That's it's right. It's, it's the long term. And we contextualize that, and it's important to do so because then you can understand why we talk about this being a value proposition. We don't talk about this as being a day-traded asset. We don't talk about you getting into this and self-directing so that you can be buying and selling gold every third day when it has some volatility in the market. This is about holding on and putting something in your pocket or in your registered account that has performed extremely well. The data is there. It shows it. So with all due respect to those that love the stock market, I think it has a place in a portfolio. But it's not the only thing you can have in there. And I understand that gold and silver don't play dividends. You don't live in it. We've talked about it a million, billion times on the show. You can't eat it. But the fact is it doesn't need to be any of those things. If you want a dividend, go get a dividend stock. It's there for the taking. Yeah. If you want insurance for your wealth, if you want long-term gain, if you want the opportunity over some very short periods of time to have astronomical opportunity, then gold and silver is for that type of asset. 
And for that type of asset, you can do it with Guildhall, whether direct, come to us, buy it direct, take it home, store it yourself. You can, uh, and that's through the e-store as well. If you're uh, acquiring a larger amount and you're w concerned about the security of that and liquidity of that, you can you can do that through our through our uh, vault, or you can hold it in a registered account. We'll walk you through how to do it, Darren. In the next segment, let's talk about inflation and real estate. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. This is the Real Money Show on Global News Radio six forty. Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. My name is Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall, joined here with Darren Long, Vice President of Sales. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. We're talking all things physical precious metals and what drives those markets. Earlier in the show, you heard us talking about the election Biden, Trump, what the outcome could be for the precious metals. I think both are eventually, Darren, positive for the metals. Uh, one may be more positive than the other. It depends what you, what you like, what you see at the end of the day. But let's get back to that conversation because I think ultimately this is going to come down to all of the money that's being printed and what effect that inflation is going to have for us and specifically for the price of gold. Well, the mention of inflation is something that comes directly from the Federal uh, Reserve itself, the central bankers of the U.S., and they have all agreed that there is a necessity to inflate. And they've made certain promises. They've they've broken certain promises. Yeah, they want it 2%. All, they want 2%, right? So I brought an article from Goldseek today by uh, Stefan Gleason, somebody I watch who works for Monetary Metals. They are a competitor, but life goes on. I like his writing. Right. And uh, he's talking about... Uh, the topic of inflation. And the article is entitled, The Fed's Quest for Higher Inflation, What Could Go Wrong? I love the yeah. title. Yeah, we laugh. We should have called it. Funny, it right? it's, a great t it's a great title for the segment. What could go wrong? Yeah, Let's print money. Wrong. What could go wrong? Absolutely. And he says that the Federal Reserve is warning investors in no uncertain terms that higher rates of inflation are coming. Yet markets, for the most part, have disregarded that warning. So that's the first part of this. It doesn't matter because I think right now with the changing presidency, whether it's Trump staying or Biden coming in, it's this renewed faith in the economy and the economic system. And when we overshadow the negative with small positives, that's the result we get. We certainly put those to one side, put them in a little box, those big gigantic negatives of debt and more debt and more debt. And we look upon those little positives, like the fact that we can make cool memes out of a fly landing on Pence's head or things of that nature, these little spots, right? We do it in the economy too, in the sense that if there's a small number that's positive, okay, we gain some jobs back, COVID jobs yeah, here in Canada. Accentuate the positives. Accentuate the positives. Woohoo! Yet the negative is that the overall situation is still so far to the bad side yeah. that we're not accepting that in dealing with it. We're just yeah, I mean, pinning our hopes on the, the good. I mean, ultimately, all politicians want to spend your money. Right. Of course. Um, and uh, that's the problem with I think Margaret Thatcher said the problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money. Um, and that's sort of where I think the Biden camp goes, because they want to just 
you know, I know they say they want to raise taxes on the rich to try to create some sort of equanimity in the market. But by the same token, you know, if you want to forgive loans and, and you know, just hand money out, um, which Trump is doing too, let's be honest. Uh, so it's all, all politicians do it. But you're doing it to get votes. But you're doing it at the cost of the economy eventually down the road. Any Any debt you forgive, any money you give out, has to be paid for. There is no free lunch. And that's really, that's one of the tenets about gold that people, once you own gold, you understand because you have this asset in your hand that took blood, sweat, and tears to get out of the ground. It's stored energy. I can convert it to something else, sure. So it's great in that sense. It's got that flexibility and mutability, but it it's it's an asset. It's there. It can't just be reproduced out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you need discipline with it. It's forced discipline. That was the wonderful nature of the the gold standard is that you don't have these central bankers who pretend to have discipline because they're wizards that they can somehow control monetary policy whereas if it's just gold it's just gold that's it so what have you had you know they talk about shadow governments and all this stuff Darren well there's been a shadow gold standard this whole time that as as the debts rise as the money that gets produced rises so too has gold now as of 2013 that changed right they suppressed the price of gold and kept the debts going up. Well, that's going to revert to the mean. And that's why you can see these numbers in, in precious metals for our listeners who listen every week when we're saying $7,000 gold, $10,000 gold, $15,000 gold. That's just gold reverting to the mean of the debts that have been created. I digress. Right. Let's get back to inflation. Well, with respect to inflation, this article goes on from Stefan Gleason, Goldseek, to say that it seems the Fed has a credibility problem because in August, when Powell announced that they want to target a 2% inflation rate, um, they are they are announcing to the world that they believed that the existing inflation rate was actually below 2%, which means in order to get to 2%, it has to go well above oh, 2%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so yep. in September, the St. Louis Fed President James Bullard doubled down on higher inflation. He said the combination of loose cre- credit, huge government deficits, and supply bottlenecks caused by coronavirus lockdowns could cause an unexpected surge in price levels. So oh, now we sure. got we're seeing it in food. Two things that are going to cause it, more spending and all of this threat in economic uncertainty causing higher prices from coronavirus. And, Two things, right? And, so and we're setting the stage, the tone for that higher inflation. Get ready for it. Here it comes. Right. And the idea that to say inflation target was 2% was disingenuous in the first place. It was already real world inflation was higher. Mm-hmm. So to say 2% was disingenuous. And now they're, they're having to fight even harder to get there, which means real world inflation is just getting hammered. Well, that's just it. Exactly. And so what happens for 100 years with the threat of inflation? Gold prices go higher. The last time in the 70s that the threat of inflation was there. Ask mom and dad. If you're a mom and dad listening who bought homes in the 70s, you know already by the time the 80s arrived that mortgage rates reached double digits. Some mortgages were up above 20%, but you had a savings rate in the uh, savings accounts. You had an interest rate of plus 10%, plus 12%. And so you look around the world and you're looking for those that are in the know of what they are doing. And this is what this article is pointing out is that... Druckenmiller, Stanley Druckenmiller, mm. one of the largest billionaire hedge fund managers in the entire world, he thinks that inflation will reach between 5 and 10%. And he's right, because on paper, 
We're is already a there. big, huge contextual difference than what the reality is. We're already there. What are you paying for your food items? What are you paying to go out? Now, coronavirus aside, it has slowed that. I get it. It has slowed that idea down. We're not spending as much. Prices have to come down. There has been a little bit of short-term deflation in some aspects of our lives. But for the most part, if we're not spending and if we're not making the money, on the things that we usually put into that equation, less of it gets made. And if less of it gets made, the cost to produce those things go far higher. Yeah, I think one of the things you're talking about is understanding the consequences of, of COVID. You know, we're just going into sort of a second version of a lockdown here. And yeah, okay, Canadian savings rates are going up, but you have a whole bunch of people who are going to be out of work. Right. So there's a cost to all of these things. And down the road, there's going to be a cost to these things. Uh, when you talk about deflation, Darren, I think this is a good segue to talk about the real estate market, specifically in Toronto, because there's been a couple of interesting articles out, one in Zero Hedge about Toronto real estate. Um, but uh, this idea that, yeah, prices are coming down all across the board and, and then going up in other places. So maybe you win on one side and lose on the other. But before we go to break very quickly, and we'll get back to real estate in the next segment. You know, you have some people talking about, Darren, I just want your opinion sort of in, in a quick 30 seconds. You have some people saying that's it. The Fed will never raise interest rates again. You have another camp that says, well, they can only keep interest rates low as long as they can keep buying their own bonds, which, which create fake demand, which keeps the interest rates low. So that could explode and the price and, and interest rates go much, much higher. Where would you be in the camp of can they ever raise interest rates again or could they go to double digits? Because you were just talking about it going to double digits potentially like in the 70s. Well, just contextualize that from the Canadian perspective. Okay. What happens to the housing market, the most overinflated housing market in the entire G20 nation? What happens to that housing market if interest rates, say, go to 6%, 7%? I mean, it's, I'm, it's an open-ended what's, question. We already know the answer. Well, it's, what's, it's, happening to it it with, it. what's happening to we it die. without those rates we going die a slow. We die a, a very rapid death as opposed to a slow death, which we're going to see. Got it. We'll talk about it in the next segment because it's a very, very important thing, and it's on the theme of contextualizing it anyway, so let's stay on that theme, as well as some Argyle updates, which is very important. Pink Diamond investors, stay tuned as well. You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guild Hall Wealth Management for a free package. Call the number one eight seven seven eight silver or go to the website guildhallwealth.com. You'll be glad you did. We'll send you information on how to own, physically own, gold, silver, natural, fancy-colored diamonds. Put them in your registered accounts. Take them home. Maybe add a little bit of both metals. We can hold your hand through the whole process. Is what Guildhall loves doing. You are tuned into The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Here we are back with The Real Money Show. You're listening to Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm Darren Long, and I am joined, as always, with Jeremy Wiseman and... The number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver the Guildhall Wealth website, guildhallwealth.com. It's there for you. I want you to take advantage of it. If you want to know more about holding physical gold and silver, something most financial planners, advisors, and many banks cannot do for you, then you've come to the right place. We will help you walk through each step 
of the way, whether it's opening an account, putting it in your registered funds, an RSP, transferring them over from an existing institution, we can help you with that. Whether it's storing it or taking it home, shipping it across the world, if you're listening to this show on the uh, World Wide Web, it is something that we love doing and helping people to get done. So we are here for you, and we'd love to hear from you. So please give us the feedback and go to that website or call the number. Jeremy, in the last segment, we're talking about inflation, and I want to tie a loose end here because it seems as though we are going to head into that uh, sooner rather than later. We talked about it in the last decade. We even mentioned it in 2008 and nine, and then the great financial crisis occurred, and of course it put that uh, out of the realm of possibilities for a very short period of time, but throughout the entire decade that we've been in currently, um, well, this is a new decade, I should say, but the last decade we were in, ultimately we saw nothing but spending. The whole system is built on pure spend. It's not organic dollars being made by good folks working hard at new career positions. It's not organic growth, and there's not a real uh, typical uh, cycle of organic gain in the economy. This is all fueled by debt, debt and more debt. And this is going to pop. And so what he says at the end of this article, Stefan Gleason, is that uh, a new inflation upcycle can be expected to last much longer and produce much more dramatic results on the charts for metal. If you look back to the 1970s, you'll understand what I'm talking about as it happened repeatedly. Manias do ultimately end badly, but in the case of hard assets like silver or gold, which have been depressed for years and gold only more recently has been allowed to go higher, they are far closer to a major bottom than a mania peak. We agree, Stefan. As long as the Fed remains committed to depreciating the currency at a more rapid pace and punishing savers, as you have talked about so eloquently on so many occasions, uh, Jeremy, with negative real interest rates, it has vowed to keep its fund uh, rate near zero through 2023. Just as a reminder for people listening, the major trend for precious metals should remain higher. And that's the summary of that article. It is time for gold and silver to shine and to the extent that they shine well all these factors we've discussed uh on today's show lead into that but on the theme of contextualizing things and putting them into context there is another theme that we have to discuss which is certainly more uh valid here in canada than most places and that is real estate it's one other side of that puzzle we've been discussing in terms of real growth versus growth from debt and low interest rates and real estate happens to be a very big market you and i are perfect prime example of the opposite end of the spectrum you in downtown core me in the sub well even north of suburbia i'm far closer to the country than i am to the downtown core and um, we witness wholly different things over the last five or six months now yours you have and have will continue to have it's an asset you own it's not like you're sitting there with all kinds of debt like me i own my house and and um, I'm seeing completely different things happen, where in my neck of the woods, in Timbuktu, I'm seeing detached homes of 2,500 to 3,000 square feet sell again over a million dollars, approaching very close to the 2017 spring high. In the core of Toronto, we're actually seeing the data tell a different story, but the media is only picking up on everything that's happening to outside of the core. Well, I think, Darren... Let's look at what we were discussing in the last segment of interest rates spiking versus interest rates staying low forever, okay? Mm -hmm. And as you've talked about in other shows, 
the fact is, is everyone is an expert in real estate. They sure so are. I'm going to put my expert hat on. And what we're seeing in the down, downtown core is a combination of factors, okay? You have pent-up listings from, from COVID lockdowns, right? People aren't putting their, house, their, their properties up. Okay, fine. You have job losses. People are sitting there saying, I've been furloughed, I've lost my job, whatever it could be. I think maybe, it, maybe I might be losing my job. Maybe it's time to, to get the equity out of this home now, right? You have, uh, this is what you see mostly in the headlines, people wanting to move from the city to the suburbs. They were locked up for several months and they said, I can't be in a condo like this and there's no restaurants for me to go to. I want a backyard. You have no immigration, right? So the, so the incoming demand is gone, right? And people who were trying to do Airbnb just got caught up in the, the tourism industry being decimated, right? So you throw all those factors together and you can say, well, yeah, of course there's a massive amount of inventory, but I don't think that you should take any of those factors in, in a glib manner. Those are serious. They are. And you're seeing a ton of listings going up and you know the only, way, the only place for them to go is down. And so there was an, actually an article in Zero Hedge that came up about, uh, about Toronto showing that listings were up 215% year over year from September and that, uh, that they're showing uh, overall 5.5% increase in that. You can see the inventories are rising and essentially they're showing that there is no doubt uh, that the market is going to be falling in the condo market because everyone thinks they're getting out at the top right now. But when you've got... When you've got all this inventory to choose from, the only way you're going to sell your property is to lower the price. And then people get caught trying to, trying to get out of their market, get out of their condo while they're trying to buy something else at the same time, which makes them desperate, and then the prices drop even further. This is the result of too much inventory. Too much inventory is a problem that we don't have in the precious metals market. There is, right. there is not enough product, which is pushing products pushing prices higher. But uh, yeah, real estate is a problem. Whether, and the interesting thing is whether or not you don't need higher and you don't need higher interest rates. It's all happening at the lowest interest rate possible. This is the key. This is the takeaway. How is the market going down when interest rates are so so low? Well, again, this is the problem. You see, we only focus on one side of that equation. We have to have balance. There has to be context. And when you put it in context, the exact reason I go out and buy gold and silver is because I see both sides of an argument like real estate. Yes, I'm excited. Wow, I own a home in that particular arena where the prices have gone higher. But if I sell, I got to buy, right? I got to go and buy and pay the same amount of money or more, right? It doesn't mean I'm better off. But if I juxtapose that for a second against the core of Toronto, that's not going to last forever. It can't. This is the beating heart of what Canada is. Toronto's the core economic zone, and you can't have people not wanting to go back to work forever. It's going to end, so let's not be stupid about it. Canadians have started thinking with, uh, you know, halfway, what potentially could be only halfway through a major pandemic, um, they started thinking with, the, with their loins instead of their brains, you know, and, and that's part of the problem. So we're going to see that continue, and that's, again, from a context standpoint another reason reason 10 million to own physical gold and silver and it's exactly what we want to do before we leave today's show i want to also make quick mention the argyle bidding it's off and running on the 
what potentially could be the very last, but certainly the second last for sure, uh, tender in history of the Argyle Mine. Pink diamond bidding, purple diamond bidding, red, blue, some grays, bluish grays, bluish purples this year. Very important stuff if you're a diamond investor. I love seeing this. So far, the blogs say off and running. Bids are some 40 to 50% higher than last year already. And that is just the very front end of the bidders. The big boys are coming in after when they fly to the specific zones where these are being shown in their neck of the woods and we haven't reached those points yet a lot more to come you have been tuned in this week to the real money show with guild hall wealth management we have so much more to say so please join us next week on the show we hope everyone is having a great thanksgiving weekend we want to wish everybody well we look forward to hearing from you and the number to call one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com Go there, get the free information, become one of the smart ones in the know, own some gold and silver today. You have been listening on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.